0: Hello and welcome to this special highlights episode of the GOLD podcast. I'm your host, Isabel O'Brien, assistant editor here at GOLD, and I'm delighted as ever to be joined back in front of the mic with GOLD's editorial executive, Jade Williams. How are you doing, Jade?
1: Very well, thank you. And I'm exceptionally pleased to not have to wear a coat into the office this week. The sun has finally come out.
0: Finally we have been waiting a long time I don't know if it's been the case for other people in Europe but it was certainly incredibly rainy when I was in Italy a couple of weeks ago
1: yes very unfortunate when surprisingly in the UK it was actually boiling hot so I do feel quite sorry for you you can't win them all can you Jade sadly not but our audience can because the next season of the podcast is coming right around the corner and will be landing in your inbox on the 6th of June so do keep your eyes peeled we have a whole host of exciting guests lined up for you over the coming months
0: We do indeed. For today, though, we would like to take you all on a journey through Season 4, picking out some of our favourite moments and insights we've heard from our guests.
1: That's right. The podcast really did have a great run over Season 4, and today we'll be running you through some of our favourite clips from the last few months. So sit back, relax, and let's hear from our first guest. Let's do it. Now, we can't really discuss season four of the podcast without making reference to the topic that swept the entire industry, and that's AI, and more specifically, ChatGPT. Now, this is a topic that featured quite heavily across a multitude of episodes, and it did pop up in your discussion with Darshan Kulkarni, who is the principal attorney at the Kulkarni Law Firm.
0: Yeah, that is right. I spoke to Darshan about a wide range of topics from the concept of super reps to farmer's future on social media. But his thoughts on the appropriateness of chat GBT in farmer marketing were some that really stood out to me. So let's have a listen.
2: Again, it's, it's less a question of um, what I think is appropriate or not, because it is um, it's a beast of its own. Um, it's it's not like, at least the way ChatGPT3 works, um, it's not like Pharma's telling ChatGPT3, here's the answer I want you to give. Like, Pharma can create its own websites. It can create its own channels. But ChatGPT3 doesn't cite where it gets its information from. It just amalgamates, um, it creates an am- amalgamation of multiple sites and spits out an answer. So it's really more of educate, educating that, that uh, AI. And the question really then becomes what form do you use? So it may not be Chat GPT3, it might be a company uh, like it might, it might be a pharma company who has its own AI on its own website. and what answers that, that, does that give out? And that's a different question from uh, marketing with Chat GPT3. I think uh, Google right now is trying to figure out what that world looks like. When you don't spit out sponsored links and instead you spit out the answer, um, because you have less of an opportunity to force people to go in um, into other websites and, and that's how they make their money. Um, so so I, I think that ChatGPT three and the like and its ilk um, is going to dramatically change how we how patients get answers. Um, it's actually reminiscent of what was happening, um, probably about 10 years ago in that, um, everyone was talking about Siri and they were talking about Alexa and they were talking about all these different tools and Google, um, was pulled, I, I believe they were pulled in front of the Department of Justice and they said, uh, and I think it was something to the effect of, um, are you worried about Bing? Are you worried about um, AltaVista Vista? Or whatever was, was hot at that time? They said, those aren't the ones we're worried about. We're worried about the Alexas of the world. We're worried about the series of the world. And the reason is because they spit out an answer. They don't spit out 10 options. And, and that is the big worry. And it's the same exact problem that you're facing, though, in a written format with ChatGPT 3
0: Well a beast of its own indeed I think and we can all agree that chat GPT and AI has really rocked the boat in the past year and as fun as it has been to play around with I know a number of us here at Gold have prodded and prompted a lot with the program but it does provide some really genuine benefits for businesses especially those that are looking to streamline their processes for the better.
1: Yes, it really will be interesting to follow the story throughout the year. I doubt AI will be falling down the agenda anytime soon. Definitely not. Now, someone else that you spoke to about AI was Matt Lewis, who's the co-founder of Inizio Medical Analytics and Innovation. And you two dove into how he thought the industry could best utilize these new technologies. And one clip I specifically enjoyed from this episode is the next one in which he discusses where he thinks AI could make a real difference in medical affairs.
3: Yeah, I'm, I think, you know, the the biggest kind of, area where I think it's likely to make an impact that it hasn't, you know, yet really made much impact, you know, today is probably in medical, because I think the the places where it's been already impacting over the last couple of years has primarily been in research and development, where, you know, a lot of the new discovery of medicine has been AI powered. And, you know, there is like, there's a a kind of an expectation or like a, a supposition in like the venture capital community that the majority of new drugs are going to be developed by like this kind of consideration of tech bio, not biotech, but tech bio AI powered, um, you know, medicine essentially over the next like five to seven years. So the majority of new medicines will be discovered essentially by AI powered techniques. And that, that'll essentially be a major shift in like the, in the consideration of where drugs come from, um, that'll happen within within this decade. And so that but that's already in progress and it's been happening for years, where we you know, start seeing like little small contributions from AI powered shops. But by by twenty thirty the majority of new medicines will come from an AI powered consideration, which is you know remarkable. But you already have started to have seen that. In in commercial and in marketing, you know, there's also large efforts and contributions of AI and things like programmatic and you know, other other aspects of, of AI that have been kind of extant for, for years. I think, you know, that, that those are also somewhat incremental. But really it hasn't been as visible, I would say, within uh, medical affairs. I think we've always used AI within medical affairs over the last five, six, seven years in things like natural language processing and you know other aspects of, of different parts of the world, like in scientific platform development and gap analysis and the rest. But for the most part, teams haven't really asked for an understanding or kind of an expectation that AI is part of what they do. It's just you know, one of many methodologies used to help better understand their stakeholders and you know, bring science to the community. Now, I think generative AI is kind of helping to raise the suspicion a bit or raise the expectation that, that AI is part of what they do and part of how they add value. So there's more kind of consideration, more kind of recognition that it matters and that it should be part of how they, how they do business. So I think you are starting to see now a, a more kind of consideration of, of where it fits and how it could help power much of the business. And as a result, like a, a real kind of explosion of interest in proofs of concepts and experiments and pilots and incubation and kind of consider where it might fit. Some of those won't work, of course, but, you know, they'll try to see what, what does work and where we can learn from the things that don't. But as new things do move forward, you'll see, I think, a, a rapid uptick and kind of incremental value across the, the, the chain, essentially, that hopefully will you know, be able to demonstrate progress across medical
1: An explosion of interest is definitely right. AI is very much becoming part of the day-to-day for most teams, and it's becoming more and more visible as the year goes on. It's no surprise at this rate that most medicines will be discovered by AI-powered techniques by 2030, as Matt said there.
0: Mm. From biotech to tech, bio, I think, was the phrase he used, and one that I think will be increasingly heard throughout the pharma circuits over the coming year. It really does seem like this technology could help advance the role of medical affairs in particular. Precisely.
1: And speaking of medical affairs, but moving on to our next hot topic from last season, I know you had a fascinating chat with Dr. Zuzana Devacheri, Vice President and Head of Global Oncology Medical at Sanofi Genzyme.
0: Yes, Zuzana, a really fantastic guest. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to her. What a lovely lady. And yeah, let's hear what she had to say. That's interesting. I, I never wanted to be a strong leader. I always
4: wanted to be a, a leader, whom people trust because of knowledge, because of empathy, because they know that I will always have their back. So I think the biggest, the most important thing for for a leader to hire the right people, the right talents, and uh, and put them together to achieve the maximum potential. Leadership is not about me; it's it's all the other people I I care about and I like care about and not leading them because uh, especially in my role but in many 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 leadership roles we work with very smart very knowledgeable very talented people so we just we just need to nurture them we need to help them to expand their perspective so i think that's important to make sure that you hire the right people you hire the right people for the right role and the other thing is when you are a leader sometimes we we think we know everything or we should know everything and that's not true I am the first one who admit that I don't know but I I I can find out I have my team and they will they will respond so I think it's like with the traditional doctor is is God. It, it, leader is not the uh, the owner of ultimate truth or direction. The, the other thing that we, especially female leaders, tend to think that if we are not advancing fast, we are losing opportunities to get get where we want to be, and uh, it's not true. Uh, and people say, this is, this is a marathon. It, it's not a sprint. Yeah. When I had my kids, I was not afraid to stay at home for four years uh, and just be a mother. Because being a mother is equally important to me than be, being a professional leader. So my advice is just do not miss your life because you become a leader. Uh, and make sure you are happy. If you are not happy, it's not worth doing it. We always tell ourselves that, oh, it's super hard, but once I get this role or that role or I, I can get... No, no, don't do not do this to yourself. It just makes sure whenever, whatever you do, uh, you know why you are doing it. And if, if you know the whys, you will be able to, uh, to enjoy it what what you do but i see so many people doing stuff because they expect they think that this is what expected from them Uh, i always tell people if you don't enjoy what you do don't do it
0: Incredibly sage advice there, as I think you'll agree. Having a leader who people can trust in an organisation, it really can make all the difference. And having someone at the head of a business that cares more about their team than themselves can really push teams in the right direction. It's a mindset thing at the end of the day, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And not only is it important to be strong and effective as a leader, as you asked Zizhanna about, but to ensure that your team is driven by purpose. This is something that our next guest, Kavita Panka, who is the Disease Area Strategy leader. Leader of neurodegeneration at Janssen touched on within her episode too.
5: Yeah, and it's um, it's a lot of you know what what we talked about before. Um, I think at the very core, it, it's um, defining and establishing your personal why or, or your team's why. You know, why do we continue to fight for our patients? Push the boundaries of innovation. Challenge the status quo and continue to bring transformation to the field of neurodegeneration you know funny enough i'm i'm at a conference here in in uh, in cambridge and we're talking about you know precision medicine in neurology so it's really relevant to this conversation mm-hmm. and a couple of thoughts that the speakers shared were that neuroscience neurology is hard it's frustrating we fail more than we succeed you know in drug development for a host of reasons it takes a long, long time to know if we're gonna have success and and a lot of money and a lot of investment and a lot of funding, right? So why? Why do we do this? Why do we stay in the game? And you know, I, I think as I build and grow my teams, I wanna bring in talent who 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 looks at the opportunity, the job at hand as so much more than a job. Mm. You know, it's it's a calling. It's it's kind of like, and someone described this to me you wake up in the morning and there's a sense of urgency. That's the kind of feeling that I hope that um, my team um, and being part of this team really inspires.
1: Defining and establishing yours and your team's why is a great step in ensuring not only you, but the team around you can succeed. I also really liked Kavita's points on failing more than succeeding within such a niche therapy area as neurodegeneration, but that importance of staying in the game to really tackle the problems that patients face.
0: Yep, I think fostering a culture of belonging and inclusion is important across any industry. And this is also something that came up in our International Women's Day episode this year. In this, we spoke to Pahlavi Banzel, who's the Associate Vice President for U.S. Oncology, Gina to Urinary Cancers, and Hematology at Merck, about this year's theme of embracing equity.
6: So I think, um, you know, we invent, develop, and manufacture medicines for all patients, right? Now, this patient could be sitting in New Jersey, London, uh, Shanghai, Tokyo, South Africa, right? And while we all are part of a human race, but we all are in a different context and growing up in different settings and have different access to our resources. So when our workforce represent the patient in these different parts of the world, it allows us to integrate this different perspective. So I'll share an example from you A few years ago, I was working on a launch for a drug in acute uh, leukemia. And, um, you know, there are certain aspects of how those patients were were treated were different between, let's say, uh, Latin America and emerging market versus what we see in the United States and Europe. And, um, And how are we going to address those things? Now, if I wasn't sitting at the table who grew up in an emerging market, I... You know, I wouldn't voice that, right? People will overlook that, hey, in some of those developing markets, those resources are not available. So if you want to ensure that our product has success in those markets, we all need to also invest in other infrastructure. So that's what I believe that if you have um, a greater representation, you can lead to a better outcome because we are leveraging the differences for a better outcome.
0: Sharing valuable lived insights to research tables can really help get medicines to the patients that are most in need. Change in representation at the top of an organisation can help trickle this down and ultimately help patients to live healthier lives, which is something that I think everyone in pharma is surely striving for. And I think Pallavi summarised that really excellently.
1: Mm, I definitely agree. That does, however, bring us to the end of our clips for today. While the rise of AI and the power of great leadership skills stood out last season, we are really looking forward to seeing what crops up in the next one.
0: We do hope you've enjoyed looking back on the last season with us. It's definitely been fun to reminisce. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, season five will be launching on the 6th of June. So do keep an eye out for that first episode and subscribe so you don't miss out. Until then, it's goodbye from us. Yes, goodbye.